Deeksha Sethi brings to you her exclusive podcast Different Strokes a place of celebrating the undying human spirit get to hear inspiring stories from different guests that will endure you encourage you and strengthen your willpower and inner voice stories of people who walked through rough paths of various situations and how they walked out of those circumstances boldly a single mom an entrepreneur and an author she is on a quest to live a life full of purpose and happiness her life and philosophy have been shaped by her experiences both personal and professional and just like you and i she's no stranger to sudden and extreme changes in her life she's survived abuse death layoffs bankruptcy and still found a way to thrive this one is truly unstoppable Please welcome Supriya Jain. Thank you so much Supriya for doing this for different strokes and um it's going to be I'm sure a very exciting conversation. I have gone through your story, read about you, but I'm I'm sure there's so much more to learn from you. I personally got goosebumps when I read about your story. Um so thank you very much for doing this. Thank you. I mean, I'm It's a pleasure to have this chat with you. Great. Um let's start with um asking about a sudden and extreme change that you've you experienced in your life. Um if you could talk to me about that, how did it change um the way you looked at life? How did it change your perspective towards life? Sure. So, I think the biggest change I've ever faced in my life was when my husband passed away 5 years ago mm. um i was 33 at that point in time mm. and uh, you know i've been brought up in a marwari household mm. <laughs> and uh, you know we've got this whole thing defined for us that you know you're going to uh, study for a bit you get married have kids you know have a house car mm. all that mm. so no where in my life plan i was going to be single at 33 right mm. and Gaurav and I we had a long history I met him in college um we were best friends hmm uh we spent 10 years dating and you know dilly dallying around this question about hmm. whether we're going to get married or not but finally we did get married and we hmm. were married for just about 5 years hmm so i had sort of grown up with him right i met him when i was 18 hmm. and then just one fine day he was not there anymore and hmm. that was a big shock to my system hmm because it just it, it just put everything that i knew about life into this box which says you know chaos hmm. um and we were in the middle of having our you know our first ivf treatment at that point in time because hmm. we decided to be parents and we chose the ivf route to hmm. sort of expedite it um and I mean actually I had had my embryo transfer just a just a week before he passed away and we were supposed to get the results in two weeks so mm. yeah, you know we were both very excited about this and then all of a sudden he wasn't there anymore and because of the suddenness of the loss you know when you mm. you have somebody who's sick or when you have somebody who's old you sort yeah. of know and feel yeah. peace right yeah. but 
somebody very healthy uh, who's just waved you goodbye from you know saying that hey i'll be back in a couple of days and hmm. and then you know them not showing up ever again hmm. is is a big shock to your system and it starts you questioning everything that you believe in hmm so the same thing happened to me because i was very um, you know career driven i was very ambitious actually both of us were hmm. and uh, all of a sudden those things didn't really matter anymore mm. because yeah. then i kept thinking that maybe if i had spent more time with him if we had spent more time mm. doing things that we loved doing instead of you know going after this i might have a better car make more money have you know progress mm. in my career and stuff mm. like that mm. we might have made more memories that could have lasted me in this phase when i don't have him anymore right, right. it could have probably given me more stories that i could tell my son about him i mean of mm-hmm. course i have a lot of them but you know this this is just never enough right and um so then my perspective changed completely from chasing this rat race to mm. uh, sort of pursuing my happiness and mm. i've decided to follow my heart and that's what i've been doing from then on right so what what was that happiness that you were finally um, going after Um, how did you define that so multiple things actually because mm. uh, now i evaluate things that i do based on um you know what what's their value in my life in terms of you know is it going to make me stressed is it going to you know uh, cause me a lot of grief is this mm. even worth it because if it it might hurt other people who are associated with me right mm-hmm. but to give you a sense of for example um you know when the ivf treatment ka result came mm. um it was negative because you know i had gone through a lot of trauma i had driven down 8 hours to see where he was you know because because he was on the road um somewhere when when he met with this accident so in all that mm. confusion of course the embryos didn't implant and the mm. pregnancy result was negative and mm. and then i decided that you know and i'm i'm a bit stubborn when it comes to that so um, mm. i decided that if god has decided to take him away mm. i am going to take him back anyway mm. and that's what is going to you know, be uh, what's going to matter to me the most and that is what my happiness is going to be centered around right so i decided to go forward and have the baby in any case it took me 3 years of course hmm. uh <laughs> to have him back hmm. but he came into my life the very day that his father had passed away so yeah i guess wow. there's some sort of uh you know divine intervention or fate yeah. or destiny or whatever you want to call it hmm. but that's at play Hmm. And I think with that I sort of found my peace um hmm. and now my life centers around Adi and I guess I guess we're doing pretty good for ourselves. Lovely. Um you did mention about destiny and I also read in one of your interviews where you talk about it and you said that you know uh you believe very uh, fiercely in destiny and a lot of things uh you were getting signals um for example you, you had signals uh about your time is limited with your husband and you were getting these signs so what were these signs so um well at the time i was getting those signals i wasn't 
like mm. i didn't know that i'm getting them uh, mm. i wasn't even aware of why things are happening the way they are mm. but when you look back you know when i when i see what happened in that small time frame mm. then i realize that yes the universe does send us signs and we are just probably too preoccupied or too you know mm. in our doing our own thing that we're not really looking at those signs and interpreting them for what they are mm. so for example some of the things that happened and i would say not even the few months that that happened but from the time i met gorav mm. i think we our journey was destined because mm. we met in college right mm. and i was from jaipur and i got selected into a college in bangalore mm. um and i got but into a different college but somebody somewhere on a train ride to bangalore told my mom that no that's not a great place because you know there's a lot of <laughs> drug addicts and mm. you know unsavory elements in that college so don't mm. send your daughter there mm. and um, so and it was a very reputed college in bangalore for mm. engineering but my mom made me change it so in a fit of rage i just chose the next college that i saw mm. on the list and i said okay i'm going to go here mm. He, on the other hand, got selected. He was from Bangalore, but he got selected in a college in Chikmagalur or somewhere, Chikbalapur. Okay. And he was like really trying his best to just get back to Bangalore because he didn't want to live in a small town. Hmm. So he, he did his, and he was like a proper, you know, he. If, if he wanted something he just went after it right right so he did a lot of random stuff to really get selected into a college in bangalore and he ended up in my college and in my class right hmm. what were the odds you know so many things had to happen for us to end up in that one place right okay. and then after 4 years of college hmm. we were going our separate ways i had got selected in an mba college hmm. and he probably was just going to start work uh, and we thought you know this is the end of it because you know i'm going to mumbai and he'll stay in bangalore and you know long distance mm. relationships don't really work mm. so we sort of thought that this this was goodbye mm. and for some reason you know he had written uh, the cat exam also right. and he had filled up only one form like mm. you know <laughs> no other college <laughs> had he applied to mm. somehow we both got called for the same um, you know group discussion Right. We were the only two people selected from that group discussion for an interview. Wow! And then I was picked for the college, right? Okay. Gaurav didn't wasn't picked, so we were like very upset, but okay. I mean, very um, stoic about it also. And then somehow mm. two days later, he gets a call that you are on, you were on the wait list, and mm. now some people haven't joined, so you were selected for the college. Oh! <laughs> At first, he thought it was it was a joke. <laughs> but we got like so then he realized mm. no no the administrator is right and you know he had to uh, you know pay the fees and you know get chosen for the college mm. and by some twist of fate his dad was in bombay that same day mm. right and the fees had to be paid the same day mm. so somehow he was able to run around and get the fees paid and we both <laughs> ended up in the same college again and in the same class class <laughs> oh wow <laughs> that was you know mm. that also so many things had to happen for this mm. this to work right mm. uh, and i'm 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 hoping that i'm not boring you with this whole story no it's i'm just imagining this like a movie actually in my head <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then um, of course then we did our mba and then we got into our different jobs and uh. then we stopped seeing each other for a period of 2 years mm. where i almost got married to somebody else oh. and because you know mom was very worried that you know you're almost what 25 26 hmm. now at least get married you know hmm. uh, <laughs> the usual <laughs> spiel yeah. but uh, that's uh, i mean that had reached a stage where our parents had spoken like the other guy his parents and my 
Hmm. My mom had spoken but like to an extent of fixing date but somehow hmm. it just fell through right hmm. and two years in between we hadn't talked me and Gaurav hadn't spoken to each other and then one day he calls me and he's like do you want to get married <laughs> and I said yes <laughs> so it was, um, it was such a matter of like, fact like, quote, you know and do you want to get married? Yeah. <laughs> and no conversation before this, right? No conversation for two years, nothing, <coughs> silence. And mm. then all of a sudden I get this call and he's like, do you want to get married? So, mm. and, and I always said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it happened and you know, we got married and all that. Hmm. The final uh, stage, you know, the f- final three months. So in this whole, you know, back and forth, we had known each other for almost 15 years, hmm. right? And he knew that I'm not very keen on having children or anything because I thought I couldn't take the responsibility. But right. he was really, um, he loved kids. Hmm. And so, you know, I thought if he has to have kids, where are they going to come from? <laughs> we will have children, but you will take care of them. I, right. My job finishes after giving birth. Right, okay. And this conversation happened in hmm. May of 2015. He never pressurized me. He never pushed me that we should have children. Hmm. But I think marriage is like a sort of a give and take also at, to hmm. a certain extent, right? You hmm. have to you have to be conscious of your partner's wishes also. So hmm. if he was respecting my wishes of not having children, then I also need to respect the, his need to have children, right? Right. So we said, okay, we'll give it a try and we see how it goes. And we directly went to a doctor. Hmm. Uh, we didn't live a very good lifestyle, you know, we were eating out all the time. We didn't exercise, you know, hmm. all that. Uh, party hmm. too much. Hmm. So... Um, so the doctor told us, no, you're all fine, uh, but you know, of course, lose weight, um, stop drinking, eat better, and mm. take some vitamins. Then six months, to start trying, and I think it's going to work. Right. But somehow, Gaurav thought that we shouldn't wait six months. Mm. And he said, what if we um, just go straight to IVF? Mm. The doctor was like, you know, nobody does that because, of course, it's a uh, expensive procedure and mm. it's a painful procedure. Why would you want to do something like that? Hmm. But even I'm something, you know, if I decide something, then I just want to do it very quickly and get it over with. So I thought, hmm. you know, who's going to wait six months? Let's just go with IVF. So I said, if you're okay, I'm okay with it. Hmm. So like, in this whole, you know, <laughs> story, somehow without, you know, anything, we went directly to IVF. And now that right. was such a big step, right? Because if we hadn't decided yeah. to go for IVF, I wouldn't have that sperm sample. If we had waited those six months that the doctor told us to wait, he wouldn't yeah. be there anymore. Yeah. So I think that was one massive sign where the universe was sort of telling me that or telling us rather that he's not going to be there anymore mm-hmm. and you better you know, save a piece of him. Right. Um, so that happened and, and, and we started trying for a baby but I, there were also mm-hmm. a lot of other signs. So you know we had a venture going on uh, along the side and we were planning to shut it down anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, you know we... Uh, we gave our clients a notice, like we, we had been talking about it that, you know, let's mm. give a one month notice and close it off because the baby was taking priority and there was just too yeah. much happening in our life and we didn't want to spread, you know, ourselves too thin. Mm. So we gave the client a one month notice mm. and he was gone in that one month, right? The, mm. the day before, the day after the notice came to an end, he was not there anymore. Wow. So... I mean, what would, you know, <clears throat> put us into this frame of mind to say, Yeah. and in that last one, two months, I mean, I've never been very affectionate as such, you know, I'm a very reserved person and uh, mm. 
I love people but it's not it doesn't come out in in you know displays of affection right you're not very expressive that way hmm. yeah hmm. so in that in that one or two months i just couldn't um stay away from him right so if he's sitting hmm. on the sofa i'll come sit next to him if he's walking around i'll walk behind him hmm. if we're just sitting and watching tv i have to hold his hand so he was also like you know why are you uh, so affectionate all of a sudden you know hmm. and you know he said bivi tumne itna pyar to mere 15 saal mein nahi kiya abhi kya ho raha hai <laughs> he used to call mm-hmm. me like you know hindi version of wife right. so bivi hmm. yeah so hmm. um and i didn't know why am i doing this you know but hmm. it was just happening and maybe again that was a sign which said that get hmm. all the affection <laughs> that hmm. you can right now because hmm. you know um you won't again yeah so yeah i think uh, signs are there we we just to uh, i think blind to see them uh, except in retrospect yeah well uh, you know what they say right that whatever plans we can make for life they just never turn out to be the way we think because yeah. god has other plans for us and they may be better for us but we only get to know much later yeah yeah um well um i know it's 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 difficult uh, even to fathom about what you've gone through but uh, tell me how did you manage to cope up with with this huge void that you were suddenly left with what was your coping mechanism i don't think i don't think i've coped with it even yet right. <laughs> even yeah. now i sit and cry about it but yeah. um, and august is of course a very very difficult time um mm. but i think one of the things that sort of helped me divert my attention was the baby mm. project right because ivf in itself is so consuming it just takes mm. over your life that you don't have time to think about anything else you know you just mm. this whole haze of medications and treatments and timings and whether my cycle worked or not and you know everything else that's associated with it that you don't have time to dwell on anything else that's going on in your life and i think that really helped because if i hadn't set my sights on i am going to have this baby no matter what hmm. i would probably be spiraling down more into the grief and thinking oh god why me and why has it happened to me and i'm just yeah. 33 my life has gone but but because i had something else to focus on i sort of didn't get into that uh, spiral hmm. and what else helped me at that time because of course i had to i had to vent this grief in some way right yeah and like i said i i've never been very expressive i've never been very good at vocalizing my emotions yeah and um so i just started writing hmm the written word has always been my uh, preferred medium of communication i think in this mm-hmm. this it also helped me uh, as a catharsis for all that that i was mm-hmm. going through so if i was feeling a particular emotion or if you know something was bugging me or troubling me or I just wanted to relive some of the old memories i would just mm. start writing mm. so that started as a blog i think i wrote over 300 entries over a course of 2 years 2 and a mm. half years and then that finally became a book um which is which chronicles this whole journey right. from the time i lost him and it also has these little anecdotes about how what he was and what we were mm. so um I think that that really helped. Um I also went for counseling mm. but um unfortunately that didn't work for me. Uh, I mm. tried two different counselors. I went for 2 to 3 months mm. but like I said maybe just because it 
maybe it should have taken longer i just couldn't afford it longer than that right. it was 2000 bucks a session i just didn't have that kind of money at that yeah point in time so um they kept asking me to get in touch with my feelings and my emotions i just didn't know how to do that so they were mm. probably able to help me do that mm. so i chucked counseling and i just <laughs> dependent depended on my writing to do this mm. um and yeah that that sort of worked out it still mm. works because even now when i'm upset i write right but now it's more on instagram <laughs> <laughs> no whatever form works for you um so i was also reading about um how you know you've undergone such a tumultuous process of ivf and you were doing it all by yourselves there was uh usually there's a partner you know alongside to help you go through that process but you had to go through several rounds and all by yourself and it was obviously uh, difficult emotionally and physically um so did you at any point think about giving up i didn't think about giving up i mm. just um it was difficult it was definitely mm. very difficult i cried a lot Mm. I ranted a lot at mm. some in I I screamed at Gaurav a lot even though mm-hmm. he wasn't there to to listen to it. Mm. Um but I never thought of giving it up at mm. least till the time I had that wireless sperm with me because it was you know like I said there were so many things that came together to make that little wireless sperm possible mm. in my possession. Hmm. and i just couldn't let it go it would just be defeating that entire purpose hmm. so i was willing to try anything and i did actually I, i tried almost everything i did every possible test that was um, available hmm. i even got my sister to donate eggs and you know she was very sweet like she stopped breastfeeding her child a little earlier so she could go through hmm. this hormonal procedure to hmm. you know donate eggs for me and finally when i realized that you know it's not working for me i even went for surrogacy because you know being right. pregnant was not so important for me uh having the baby was more important so i even went for surrogacy and that's how finally rd was born right right, right. So, no at no point in time i mean there were a lot of people who told me hmm. that you know why you doing this this is just insane it's been so many so many months so many years um hmm. i had to put a stop to it at some point in time hmm. but i said you know nature has already put a limit to it they've already yeah. said that you just have three ml vial of sperm So um you know why should I add one more limit of my own to it I'm yeah. just going to see through till the end and see what happens Right Um did you ever consider um adoption if nothing else worked out Did you think about it So okay adoption has always been one of my uh, wishes you know even mm. when when i felt that i shouldn't have a child of my own at all adoption mm. was on my list of things you know because i felt there are enough and more children in the world already why mm. do i want to contribute to it i we could just take a child and you know help raise him or her right mm. so adoption was my preferred way of parenthood mm. whereas having a own child was god's preferred way so we are sort of right. bargain and said we'll have one child and then we'll adopt the second one Okay. And I still want to adopt one more. Mm. Uh once I'm settled with this one. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah. um then the equation changed, right? Mm. Then it was mm. not about having my biological child. It mm. was sort of bringing back Gaurav. Right. And then that's not what adoption would have offered me. Mm. Right. So my desire was not specifically and I hope my son never hears this, but uh, my desire <laughs> was not specifically to be a mom. Hmm. as much as it was to have Gaurav's baby right 
you know so there's there's that that difference which which put adoption out of the equation in everything else that i was trying hmm but of course i mean if nothing had worked out and i probably would have considered adoption at some point in time but hmm. my motivating factors were very different and now that hmm. i have adi in my life i'm still thinking of adoption once you know like i said if things settle down it's hmm. quite difficult being a single parent so yeah. i just don't want to take up a kid and say hey you know what i wanted to do a good thing and now i don't know how to deal with it <laughs> yeah so <laughs> we will we sure. will figure that um so when you now that you've decided to you know embrace uh, companionship through motherhood um i'm sure life has changed for you right um how has it changed for you having after having adi in your life oh my god <laughs> nothing is the same <laughs> <laughs> One is that you don't live for yourself anymore. You know, even when I was married, Gaurav and I were two very separate entities. We didn't really merge hmm. a lot of our things. We were very independent people who just found this, you know, nice space to be together in. Hmm. So, um, so I had never experienced this kind of immersion in anything so entirely. Hmm. You know, um, it was always you were doing things because you wanted to do them. Now, the first responsibility is Adi. Mm-hmm. You know, everything happens because in terms of how it's going to affect him. Right. right. Uh, the kind of work I do, the kind of hours I operate in, the kind of you know groceries I shop for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everything is around uh, around Adi, and mm-hmm. of course, I'm doing a lot of research on how do I want him to grow up. Like, right. I don't have plans for him to excel in academics. In fact, I don't even want to send him to school. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but then what does that mean for his future right so there's right. a lot of stuff that that i'm thinking along those lines and i'm not a person who thinks about the future too much in any case right but mm. that has changed completely mm. and of course there's this whole responsibility to earn a decent income to give him a decent lifestyle right which mm. is something that probably if it was just me i wouldn't have really um focused on but right. that's something like you can't take a break you can't switch off hmm. uh and since it's only me there is nobody i can pass the responsibility on to like if you have right. a partner you can say hey you know what can you go uh, take him to the doctor or can you go play with him in the park for for yeah. a change right yeah. but you know for for now it's just me and him and hmm. um that sort of doubles the responsibility i would say right so it's completely different from what it was 2 years ago i'm sure it is but um i'm also sure that you're loving every bit of it right definitely i mean yeah. some moments i want to scream <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean just the other day i was telling uh, my help thankfully i have a full time help that i've hired to yeah. at least you know, do uh, a lot of the basics yeah but i was telling her please and i and i have a dog also right who's mm-hmm. super jealous um, oh. of the kid Two babies. So <laughs> yes, two babies. Mm. So they both. The minute I wake up, they both just keep staring at me. They both keep talking or barking at me. The kid <laughs> has some whole different story to tell, and I'm like, oh my god! So <laughs> one whole day, please nobody look at me, and nobody. <laughs> But of course, that's not happened. So yeah. Yeah. I'm actually very tempted to ask you if you were to get a superpower, what would it be? I'm sure you're gonna say, I wish I was invisible for a day. <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely invisible and you know so that nobody could hear even <laughs> walking around yes for sure yeah um, but otherwise mm. your superpower would also be to get things done super fast oh no superpower would be put the kid to bed <laughs> so yeah well. he goes to sleep like in 10 minutes flat oh yeah tell me about it 
this this is a separate podcast in itself supriya i know <laughs> we're going to do yeah, that separately <laughs> how to put kids to bed in 10 minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> possible <laughs> impossible mine goes to sleep at 12 in the night so yeah <laughs> same story like yesterday night he was howling till 1 1:30 mm-hmm. and i'm like please no, no. <laughs> i have to sleep <laughs> so oh, yeah <laughs> and we all go through the same same story i think yeah. anyway um uh coming back to your journey so i'm sure when you were so determined to bring gorov back in the form of your son and you went ahead with um the ivf um treatment um it it was obviously painful for you and there were i'm sure there were people around you who were giving you their piece of uh, advice right so uh, some must be supportive some must be critical as well so i mean how did you manage to you know pick and choose what you want to follow and what which advice to just completely shut out were you able to shut your critics out completely from your mind i actually shut out all advice <laughs> because i figured this is a very unique journey and nobody mm-hmm. has an experience of what it's going to be like so mm-hmm. whatever advice is coming is coming from their um need to be protective of me and their need to to see be through what's best for me mm-hmm. and but they were looking at it from a more conventional angle like that mm-hmm. that how life needs to be and i had realized that my life is never going to be what it should have been mm-hmm. so i decided that yes advice is great it's coming from a good place but maybe mm-hmm. it's not very relevant for me so i just shut it all out which was easier than picking and choosing <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah i did get a lot of support uh, mm-hmm. i mean I thought uh, my you know in-laws and my mama were sort of going going to balk at this whole idea of me getting pregnant after my husband has passed away because hmm. initially surrogacy was not a plan and um so but they were very supportive I mean they they said okay if this is what you need to do go ahead and do it but as time passed and they saw me going through so much pain I mean I had to hmm. remove my gallbladder because of the hormones right they thickened hmm. your bile and then you know I got gallstones and I had to have an emergency surgery to remove my gallbladder hmm. so they saw me going through all that pain saw me you know just every time mm. you know there's a negative result you just sort of get crushed so then mm. they started asking me am i sure i want to do this it's been so long and you know uh, mm. why do i want to put myself through this torture mm. so so i knew they meant well but i also knew that they don't know what's going on in my head and mm. um, and i just and I, i'm a very individualistic person anyway right i do what i believe is best um, right. <laughs> so yeah i guess that worked out in my favor ultimately mm. um there were of course like i honestly i didn't have any critics in friends and family mm. um but you know after this after ali was born there was a story that was published in the times of india mm. um and this was published by uh, a friend's sister okay. uh, who had been following my journey and she had been asking me to talk about this topic for a while but i said mm. you know once let the journey finish and then i'm going to talk about it so mm. when adi was born um i gave her the promised interview and she published the article mm. and the kind of comments that came on the article i mean i just read a few and then i just I said decided i'm not going to read these anymore mm. just show the kind of ignorance that is still prevalent in you know india today and i don't know globally also it might be the case mm. but how people don't even understand the concept of ivf and surrogacy and what it means mm. you know people mm. people said that i went and slept with somebody else to have the baby so that i could have my husband's property 
Oh and I God. said, I mean, I'm thinking I do surrogacy means I didn't, I wasn't pregnant at mm. all. It was some other mm. woman who was pregnant, right? So it's, how does this, it doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. But it just shows the kind of, uh, and a lot of comments in that vein, right? Mm. Um, you want to slap a book on their face and tell them, here, read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and uh, which is why then I stopped reading and my friends also told me, you know, this is mm. bullshit and just don't, don't um, read these. And I said, mm. okay, I like I don't care if I don't care. I didn't look at the advice from my friends and family. Why will I go mm. look at opinions of some random strangers online, yeah. right? So yeah. I did get trolled about it, but then because there was so much ignorance around this topic, and obviously our TV and you know movies don't help where it shows yeah. that a man has to sleep with a surrogate to have a surrogate child. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now I'm actually writing a book about infertility hmm. and. I, talking about in layman terms how it happens the experiences the kind of things you need to be prepared for hmm. and hoping my fingers crossed that more people will know about this journey and what it yeah. entails and you know they shouldn't make random guesses uh, hmm. about you know someone's journey or their character hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> so you know it's very interesting when you uh, put it like that that the way people reacted to your story I think it's it's also to do with the fact that people find it very difficult for a woman to move on they either want her to stay connected to their past in some way or the other or they can't just accept the fact that she has moved on to something different in her life you know probably they think that she doesn't have the right to do that and maybe it stems from that kind of thinking um so again i don't know about strangers opinions of my mm. journey but from a familial standpoint i think Hmm. It was a very different situation for me hmm. because uh, even like just a year after Gaurav's passing away, hmm. both sides of family, both my in-laws and my uh, you know mother's side of family hmm. were asking me to get married again. Right. Because and they were trying to match make also, hmm. uh, you know, that, you know, that guy is available, that one has just got divorced. Hmm. Um, so why don't you get married? Hmm. And and that was very surprising to me honestly because it was like they just want me to forget that 15 years ever happened mm. that they want me to sort of forget that I'm trying to have a child or this man that I loved for so long mm. and just you know pick up somebody from the lot that, that is available and say okay because you know you need to have a companion in life just get married and get on with it mm. right? so, so mm. I just couldn't understand that aspect at all I'm sure there are those who think that I should be a grieving widow for the rest of my life yeah. but my experience with the family has been quite different and honestly um, I didn't appreciate it much <laughs> because mm. um, you know it took Gaurav and me 10 years to decide that we want to get married to each other when we had right. been seeing each other for so long right. so just because he's not there now I'm not going to pick up the next person who comes along and says you know what uh, I'm done being single I will now marry you right. <laughs> just it doesn't work like that Right. Um, and they were also worried that you know if I have a child then it becomes very difficult to get married again as if mm. you know, being married is the end of all stories you know? yeah it, well so, that's how the thinking is unfortunately that if you're not yeah. married you're not a complete person right so yeah. that's how and now still yeah. you know people ask me do I live with my parents and I'm like mm. I'm almost 40 years old mm-hmm. <laughs> I am a parent myself yeah um, you know why would I live with my parents you know right. I'm perfectly capable of living on my own 
Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, there are lots of these stereotypes and beliefs which obviously mm. stem from culture and years of indoctrination that are difficult to fight. Yeah. But I don't really pay much attention to them, and I I I have a nice, respectful, humorous way to get out of these situations because when people try to do this to me, mm. um, I'll say okay, fine, I'll date this person and see how it goes. And obviously, dating doesn't work in those <laughs> situations, <laughs> right? So then they they just keep quiet and don't bother me again. Clever. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> So, but my mom and my mother-in-law were really hmm. you know, worried about me because, of course, yeah. all of us get old, and we also desire companionship at some point in time. And yeah. they were really worried, and they're like, you know, why would you deprive yourself of something like that? So, I, my opinion on that is that I don't want to deprive myself. I'm hmm. not averse to the idea of maybe there will be some other person in my life at some point in time. Hmm. But that person has to accept that Gaurav was a part of my life for 15 years. If I talk about Gaurav, he has to be okay with something like that. Right. He has to be okay with the fact that I have Gaurav's child in my life, and he will be my first priority, of course. Right. So if I can find somebody who aligns with a, that sort of thinking, who hmm. I'm able to get along with, then yes, there is scope. But right. just for the sake of companionship, I'm not not gonna, you know, <laughs> get married yeah. to anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. understood i mean I, and that's fair i think because, i mean you're no damsel in distress right who needs a man by her side all the time yeah. to pay for her bills and look after yeah. her i mean you're capable enough to do that for yourself so you don't need a man for that and yeah. like you rightly said if he can get uh, understand where you're coming from and your priorities and accept you as you are without any conditions applied yeah sure i mean yeah that's great um tell me something uh, supriya um Adi obviously is um, going to grow up, um, and unlike other children who have, uh, you know, a father around them, how do you plan to keep Gaurav's memories alive for him? Or do you have you thought about this um, that he's not going to have a father around him? But um, I'm, I know that you must be, uh, you know, right now fulfilling the role of a dad and a mother for him, but. there are certain memories and stories like you mentioned that there are, that are there that i i you would want to pass on to god uh, to adi right so how do you plan to do that so i think which is one of the main reasons why i wrote the book mm. because um i just wanted to preserve those memories so later you know he mm. can read to them and and sort of realize what our journey was like and what his father was like mm. so in the book there are snippets of gaurav as a person you know how mm. he used to help people and stories from other folks about what they thought of gaurav mm. so um, and what we were like as a couple when we met for the first time things like that mm. so there's there are a lot of these anecdotes that i've compiled mm. in the book for mm. adi to read i i already see that you know he looks at other men mm. in a very curious way you know because at home of course he doesn't see any any of them so when right. he meets my brother in law or when he meets you know husbands of my friends he's very mm. fascinated by them because they are of course they look different they're taller mm. <laughs> you know they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. he's very um he's very excited about all that Hmm. And of course, they can throw him around something that I used to be able to do earlier, but now uh, as he's growing up, of course, I can't. Hmm. So, so he gets very excited about that, and I sort of have that regret that you know he would not be able to do that with his hmm. father, and I also regret that Gaurav and I didn't make enough videos that we could show him. In fact, I only have one video of Gaurav, hmm. hmm. that one official one. <laughs> hmm. So, so those are quite upsetting, but. Um, 
I guess we'll make it work, you know. And right. initially, you know, when I was when I was trying to get Adi, a lot of people asked me a lot of these kind of questions. You know, for example, hmm. um, when he was supposed to be a surrogate baby, hmm. so people were worried that you know he won't be breastfed. You know, he'll miss out the immunity from the breast milk, hmm. and you know, formula-fed babies are probably weaker or you know whatever. So a lot, lot of these things. And I said, you know right. what? Children are very resilient. They grow up in whichever circumstance you put them in. Children yeah. who are abused grow up okay. Children whose parents, both parents, die, grow up in any way. Children, you know, who are in in orphanages yeah. or wherever, you know, in war zones, kids grow up yeah. <laughs> and they do fairly well in life. So yeah. I am depending on his resilience to adapt to a situation, yeah. um, which is of course not of his own making, but. Mm. Um, Hopefully, that's not going to be a very determining factor of who he is later on. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm hoping he becomes yeah, a person. Absolutely, I think uh, a strong mother raises a strong child. You know, <laughs> and I have no doubts about that. That Adi is going to grow up into a fine, fine gentleman. <laughs> okay. Um, okay uh, moving on. Let's talk about your childhood. Um, I I've had a conversation with your mom as well previously, and I know that you were also raised by a single mother. and you've had a, a childhood which wasn't ideal it had its ups and downs right talk about that a little bit and how do you think it has impacted you and your outlook and now that you are a parent what are the kind of things that um you know you keep in mind when uh, you look at adi and when you're parenting him so <laughs> my childhood was interesting Mm. Uh, my mum actually walked out of an abusive marriage mm. uh, when I was six years old, and my sister was around three, three and a half. Mm. Uh, my biological father is a doctor. He mm. was supposed to be very well established in the community and all that, and but he wasn't a good husband and he wasn't a good father. So when mm. uh, my mum finally decided enough is enough, and she walked out. Right. And at that point in time, you know, some thirty, forty years ago. divorce was looked upon um, as you know a taboo hmm. and it was it a woman who was <laughs> not much yeah but probably it's sort of easier because you know hmm. somebody knows everybody one person who's been divorced and it's sort of better hmm. but at that point in time divorce just didn't happen you know? yeah probably the data says it otherwise sorry um i was just reading about some divorce rates and india actually ranks the lowest in divorce rates in the world There are only yeah. one divorces happen in the country, and unfortunately, it's still the same. It hasn't changed much. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. In fact, I even know today, even today, friends and family who would rather stick on with uh, an unhappy marriage rather mm. than than break away because of societal backlash, right? Yeah. Yeah. But still, it's more accepting. Like today, if you tell somebody, okay, that person is divorced, maybe mm. there'll be a raised eyebrow, but that would be it, right? Yeah. At that point in time, people refused to talk to my mother. Right. They refused to give her a house for rent. Mm. They just like they shut her out completely. So there was a total social ostracization for mum. Mm. Uh, and um, in in that time, she uh, also had two of us that she had to care for, right? So she worked two jobs. Mm. one was you know she was um in a government job where she was into the tax collection department sales tax so mm. that she used to do during the day and then she worked at a beauty parlor a friends parlor mm. uh in the evenings to really make ends meet honestly mm. so we saw what our mom was going through mm. and we tried to be good children 
Hmm. Uh, I don't know how much we succeeded, but we learned to do a lot of things on our own, and uh, Mum also encouraged it. So, like by the time I was six or seven, I was washing our own uniforms, ironing hmm. them, you know, cleaning our shoes, so make, making sure that we are prepared for school. Hmm. Um, we would go to our dance school, this, that, here, there, or by ourselves hmm. um, often. So, <clears throat> while my mum put safeguards in place. Uh, like we would come home open the door with you know we were like those lock and key kids hmm. um heat up our food times and and eat so we got a lot of independence from that hmm. right uh and because of that i think we're able to do a lot many more things today than we would have if we were like living in a more sheltered place right um and we also saw our mom deal with a lot of this um you know backlash and life in general right we hmm. lived in sort of a outhouse which a landlady was kind enough to give to my mum because we mm. couldn't get a proper place to live in people mm. were worried and my mum is astoundingly beautiful she's mm. very pretty <laughs> and at that point in time mm. she used to look like a mix of Shivana Azmi and Afisa Joseph okay oh. so at uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so that point in time uh, women were scared to give her a place to live because you know what if she traps their husbands oh dear it's such a mm. <laughs> random thinking but because of that we grew up in a in sort of like an outhouse kind of a room so mm. three of us used to live in the same room we never had this concept of privacy or space right <laughs> or anything like that right mm-hmm. but that also made us realize that you know those things are not really um so important yeah you know, they're inconsequential mm. yeah there's so many more things in life and she still worked hard and sent us to the best school mm. in town she made sure that you know we're getting everything that we need for a good education for a good future mm. and because she bra- broke those shackles mm. she she cleaned out a path for our future Hmm. Because she faced that ostracization, we are able to integrate into a different society much better. Hmm. Because if she hadn't walked out of her marriage, hmm. I would probably be married to some diamond merchant in Rajasthan, have probably four five kids, and <laughs> wear those fancy sarees and attend five lunches in a week. Hmm. But <laughs> thankfully, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, But have no voice so like, of your own and no identity of your own. Yeah. In, yeah, yeah. In exchange. Hmm. True. So, yeah. which is why I, I think I'm very grateful to her for what she mm. did for us, uh, mm. and I think she is my role model. And any time that mm. I face an adversity, I just think back of you know, if Mum could could do it at that point in time, I'm sure I can do it now. Mm. So, so, when you look back today uh, at the kind of life that you've led, um, and you know, starting from childhood till till date, um, do you see um, anything that you regret? or do you, do you think that you would want to change anything i think i would have gotten married to gorav earlier hmm. we wasted 10 years we right. could have probably had a lot more time as a married couple we right. we actually were still no matter how much we like to believe that we were rebels and we were doing you know things our own way we were still shackled a lot by mm-hmm. what society expected of us Hmm. So, so to to pander to those notions of you should marry in your own community and you know uh, hmm. what is this whole boyfriend girlfriend thing and <laughs> <laughs> marriage is like a um, more of a business decision than than hmm. you know a life decision and um, so we wasted a lot of time in that. Uh, probably I would have married him earlier if I knew we only had a limited time. Right. To to go with it, right. uh, and probably I would have changed my career. as well like mm. i wouldn't have told the na- line i wouldn't have done my engineering and mba and hmm. really probably just have done 
something that fit my personality better at that time right but you know past is past you can't really change it so i don't have regrets as such hmm. i'm just hoping that whatever i've learned from these instances i'm probably going to live a better life because of those learnings uh, mm-hmm. and sports right um you've also talked about making uh, choices you know that making choices is all about is the essence of life really and other than uh you know choosing to have adi in your life uh, 3 years after gorov passed away what other choices do you think you've made that have been life altering for you <laughs> there are lots of them actually hmm. because um, but again that journey started from this decision to to have adi hmm. um and since then i haven't looked back so but you know even before we started on our first ivf treatment hmm. um so gorov had um, you know his passion was real estate and he really wanted to mm. do something um in honavar which is where he is from like a, a small town on the konkan belt okay. and he wanted to do something around that for real estate so but you know he also comes from a conservative middle class family and you know the the minute he told his parents that he wants to quit his job and he wants to get into real estate there was like <laughs> mm. a major um, a conflict right you know that how can you even do that and mm. uh, the other thing was you know if you quit your job you're basically living on your wife's salary so that's really you know not acceptable not acceptable uh, yeah mm. so he came to me and he asked me you know i really want to do this should should i go ahead and do that or do you want me to to be in a job and mm. i said you know what if this is what you want to do just go ahead and we'll manage mm. in, in some way so he quit his job and we we managed fine right and that was a choice Hmm. that you know you want half the income hmm then uh, just before we were starting the ivf journey i wanted to start my own venture i had like, like just about had my fill with the corporate world and i didn't want to go to office for another day hmm. <laughs> so then i asked him he is still out of a job right and real estate hmm. takes a lot of time to start yeah so he is still out of a job and i asked him dude i really want to quit my job i cannot <laughs> go to this office anymore <laughs> Mm. Okay. <laughs> so at that point in time, we both quit our jobs. Like he already had, and um, I quit mine also. Mm. Um, and that was a radical choice, also, right? That mm. okay, now we're both unemployed. <laughs> we don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to start with a very expensive IVF treatment and see how it goes. <laughs> so, um, so that mm. was a, another life-altering choice because that started me on this whole venture that I built. Mm. Um, for three years and that also gave me a lot of flexibility to do the ivf treatments because if i was in a job i couldn't have applied for leaves for 15 20 days every two months right to go right. get my treatment done so this i think was a building block for this sort of balance that i maintained between working versus um you know going for treatments right and then of course having adi was another choice and then after mm. adi was born i quit i made a choice to quit this venture Hmm. that I built from scratch <laughs> hmm. because um, I decided and now like I said I'm very clear about what I want in life right so I decided right. spending time with Adi is more important than spending 14 15 hours working because when you have your own business you really have to put efforts behind yeah. it right and especially yeah. if you're trying to build and scale it absolutely and I said that effort is not worth it for me <clears> so I'm just going to go my own way and I'll I'll be my own boss mm <laughs> um I don't want a team I don't want the you know logistics and and yeah. all of that 
getting into the way i would rather work as time permits and make mm. enough to just live comfortably mm. so i think that was another choice and everybody was again you know very aghast that you know you have a small baby and you just you know you you've paid everything you've earned to your ivf treatments right and now how are you going to manage but i guess uh, yeah it just worked out fine it does it eventually does actually i am probably in the same boat right now um, not making any money <laughs> quit my corporate job sitting at home and trying to find my feet again and it's like starting from scratch you know going back 15 years and starting everything from scratch but yeah it's okay i mean i i like what i'm doing right now at least i don't feel like a corporate uh, slave you know so Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly Perfect. like that, right? And and don't yeah. worry, it's going to just it's work it's going to work yeah, out. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. I'm not worried at all. I'm not making a dime, but I'm not worried. <laughs> it's fine. <Yeah>. Amazing. <laughs> I've talked myself out of that feeling that you know, oh, I don't earn, I don't do anything worthwhile. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's nothing nothing good is going to come out of that. So yeah, I've talked myself out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay um we're now going to enter into a fun section supriya it was not there the last time but i thought we will lighten up the conversation a bit and we'll okay. add this um okay in three words supriya jain is oh god to give me some time to think um independent articulate and responsible hmm an advice that you would give to your younger self don't read too much into what others think of yourself define mm. your own success and choose your own path hmm right an advice that you got from your mom that has stayed with you <laughs> hmm my mom said a lot of things <laughs> um oh god i don't know which one to pick But she says um you know something like if you want to achieve something there is there is some pain behind it and you to hmm. um you to live with that pain you to deal with that pain to really get to what you want right so i guess that's been my life story i guess right yeah absolutely a stereotype that you often challenge that women need a man to hmm. uh you know uh, They, they have this whole dependency on men, and somewhere, some somewhere in their life, a man must make decisions for them. Right. I think it's time to tell them we've turned the tables already. <laughs> <laughs> it's the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, a choice that you wish you hadn't made. Hmm. I guess that would be um to just dilly dally. Uh, on our relationship and hmm. and not get married before right a show or a film that you recently watched that left you really inspired hmm honestly i haven't watched anything in a while hmm. but um what uh, can can i just sort of change it to a book sure i was going to say that <laughs> that's the right yeah, question to so ask I- a writer anyway <laughs> 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 yeah so mm. recently i read becoming by michelle obama and i right. think that, that was very inspiring yeah it is she's she's an amazing woman yeah yeah totally okay. powerful absolutely intelligent <laughs> absolutely i love her she's very witty yeah yeah everything that i would want to be <laughs> <laughs> true that's true <laughs> Um okay. I think we've already spoken about your superpower uh so I'm not going to ask that 
if you could be an animal what would you be i would be maybe a tiger a tigress you already are <laughs> <laughs> i just need to like shape shift then <laughs> yeah or a snake i like snakes <laughs> i don't know like i could have okay. been one okay <laughs> no comments there <laughs> <laughs> okay what's your weirdest quirk so i can't work in a messy environment <laughs> things have to be really, <laughs> <laughs> to be really put away and you know every clutter clean up before i can um, get my mind wrapped around okay i need to do this hmm. so that's that's not weird that's normal <laughs> <laughs> oh please i know friends who just work in the middle of such a pile of mess I, and i don't know how, how can they even think i think my that's things weird. block my thoughts <laughs> that that is weird <laughs> Yeah, I can totally, totally, totally <laughs> relate to that. And, and so, only writers are like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. If men are from Mars, women are from Earth. <laughs> <laughs> we are grounded. <laughs> like we know what we are, who we are, and where we want to go. So we've got our priorities. Sorted. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Um I think that was that was fun and it's now the wrap of this conversation. Is there anything else you want to um say to all the parents, all the women out there who are listening to us right now? I think my advice consistently is the same. Just hmm. you know, be yourself. Um think about what you want as long as it's not hurting or harming anybody mm-hmm. follow your define your own path and follow your own path because you know yeah. uh, haters will hate people will judge but ultimately it's your life and you get yeah. only one life so live it to the best of your capability absolutely it's your story you got to write it yourself yeah and you got to control the narrative <laughs> yes totally yeah. totally okay thank you so much it was lovely talking to you as always thank you thank you it was a great conversation yeah loved it Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.